McFarlane, everybody. McFarlane. Thanks to the fine folks at McFarlane Energy for sponsoring the Bradfoe Show. And the Bradfoe Show podcast is going to be a little more frequent, I believe, because we want to give you some reaction to some of these games, as many as we possibly can. And the first one we're going to react to is a doozy. It is a 10-5 loss to the Angels for the Red Sox in 10 innings. Now, the takeaway here. They are wasting Garrett Whitlock. Garrett Whitlock went five innings, threw a career-high 78 pitches, struck out nine guys, including the first four guys that he faced, was just simply dominant. He gave up a two-run homer, because, and that obviously ruined some. It took some of the tarnish off things a little bit. But still, I mean, you can give him the two runs, that's okay, because he was a dominant, dominant force. He was a guy, type of guy that you say, that is an absolute ace. Now, this is the problem. You want that guy to be your ace. You want him to be the lockdown starter, and you think he can be. Certainly, the image that he gave, that would suggest that he is. Listen, he's posted a 1-5-0 ERA and an 0-7-5 whip over his three career starts so far. He is a guy that probably can be an ace on his staff, but here's the problem. The Red Sox can't leave him there. I want them to keep him there. I want this to happen. I want everyone to say, hey, you listen, Garrett Whitlock, he is the next great starter for the Boston Red Sox. Who doesn't want that? We all love to see those sort of pitchers, particularly when you have this sort of guy. This sort of guy doesn't come around a whole lot, but... They can't keep him there. They just can't. I mean, I've come to that conclusion after watching what has transpired. The Red Sox are trying to piece together the end of their bullpen, and it's just simply not working. I mean, you've blown, what, five out of 11 save opportunities. You can't keep doing it. Today was another example of that. You blew the lead three different times, obviously. You give up a ton of runs in the 10th, uh, in the 10th inning after blowing the lead in the 9th. Diekman gives up the hit, full count, 9-pitch at bat, boom, scores a run, ties the game. That's after Robles put two guys on, walked both Trout and Otani. I mean, all of it. You went into this season basically saying, we think we have enough. We think we, think we have the potential to fill in the gaps in this bullpen. And you know what? A lot of it, they, they were right. I mean, Matt Strom was very good once again. He's been good. Austin Davis gave up a run, but he's been very good. Robles has been good for the most part. Diekman has had his moments. You know, Brazier's coming on now. Barnes, we're going to get to him in a second. But you, you cannot just you cannot find reliability with that sort of group. What you can find is enough pieces to help piece it together. But what you can't do is get the final out. And you know, Alex Cora, when he was talking about Garrett Whitlock today, said, "Listen, you know, you, we we got 15 outs from him. He said that is the math adds up. That is accurate. They did get 15 outs for him." But it sure feels like that final out or those final few outs are a whole lot more important than those first 15. And I know that's probably not accurate because obviously you still have to get five innings of outs. But still, there is something about closing out the ga these games. And we've seen it or heard it before. It is not the same. These outs are not the same. These at-bats are not the same. And you want some sort of certainty. Iglesias, for instance, for the Angels, I mean, he's a guy, you know, he's a lockdown closer. 
you have to have these lockdown closers. And right now, the Red Sox just don't have the certainty of a lockdown closer. Really, they do. And his name is Garrett Whitlock. So that leads you to the path that I was talking about. You have to, in my opinion, you have to basically take Garrett Whitlock, take him out of this role, which he was born to be in, that he should be in, that he should be being talked about with DeGrom and Scherzer and all these other guys who are considered the, the aces of baseball. I mean, he's that good. But the way that this team is constructed right now, the roster is constructed, you just can't do that. You can't do it. I mean, you can't keep going down this road. Now, obviously, one thing that would make it a lot easier for the Red Sox and make this thing work is if they found someone to actually fill in that gap, which, as we said, they have not been able to fill on a consistent basis. You have that many blown saves, you can't say that you have somebody. You just can't. You can say that you've had moments from Robles and from Diekman, sure, but you can't say that you have found that guy yet. And obviously, Matt Barnes was that guy a year ago. A year ago, he was so, so dumb. It was incredible how dominant he was. You go back and you look at some of the numbers he had on May 5th, it's crazy. It's crazy. He was 7 for 7 in save opportunities, struck out 26, walking just 3 in 16 innings. Opponents hit were hitting just 113 against him, throwing a 97-mile-an-hour fastball with a hammer of a curve. And now you go a year later and you have this outing, you know, you're giving up four runs in two, two-thirds of an innings. You have a fastball that's like clocking at 93 that's not playing uh, nearly as much as well as you had hoped he would or it should because it, then it doesn't make the curveball nearly as effective. I mean, it's just not happening for Matt Barnes, and today was another example of that. And obviously he's frustrated. We're going to play sound for Matt to close this thing off, but – you know, this was the whole plan. This was the blueprint. And I, I get it. You know, you have to figure out a bullpen as April goes along. You have to sift through it. You have to – it is one of the manager's most difficult thing to, to to bob and weave your way through something like this. And obviously when you have a Matt Barnes like he did last year, it's easy to do. I mean, he was dominant. Throw his fastball right down the middle, try to hit it, boom, there you go. But no, I mean, you just don't have that guy. You have some guys who have potential, but you don't have the guy who you say, you know what, he's going to get the final three outs. In fact, you do have that guy, and his name's Garrett Whitlock. And unfortunately, I believe you have to start thinking about just taking them out, starter, this is your role. Your role, whether it's two innings, whether it's one inning, whatever, you're getting the final outs of the game. Now, where do you fill in this starting rotation? Connor Siebel's been pitching really, really well in Worcester. Give him another shot. I mean, he's earned it. He's pitching that well down in Worcester. Your other starters have been that good where you can make up the difference. And I think that you have to start sifting it all out in the bullpen. You, I mean, you have some pieces there, like I said, but you have to have the anchor. You have to have the guy to close things out. So, anyway, tough loss for the Red Sox, no question about it. Wake-up call when it comes to the usage of Garrett Whitlock. Also, a wake-up call when it came to one of the other big storylines today, which was Matt Barnes' struggle. So, we're going to close things out. We'll play you. Matt Barnes meeting with the media, being accountable as he always has been once again after this tough outing for the Red Sox. Matt Barnes um, at 
gave up the big runs at the end of the game. Here he is talking about it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I got a flat ball and a strikeout. Um, get the next guy right to get Ward out and, and put up a zero and come in and get it. You know, we got to do a score guard for the second. Um, fell behind him and, and obviously not good to a guy who's swinging the bat really well. Threw a good 2-0 curveball. And then I thought I threw a really good 2-1 curveball as well, really close. And the, after he took the swing on the 2-0 curveball and the way that he took the 2-1 curveball led me to believe that he was sitting on it. So I thought if I could actually get a good fastball away, um, I'd be back in the 3-2 count, and then I could kind of go from there and just kind of left the middle. Matt, how tough to just put the bullpen overall just with some of the recent losses in the ninth and 10th innings? Yeah, I mean, listen, the starters are doing an unbelievable job. I mean, they're, they're putting up zeros left and right. Um, offense is, is, you know, they're doing their part, and, and it's our job to come in and, and lock down a ball game. Um, you know, a lot of that probably falls on me. I just, I've been terrible. I mean, let's just call a spade a spade, right? So I got to figure my shit out. Um, and we're going to get there. I mean, I'm working on it every day and feeling better every day. I know that the results are terrible, but um, we're not going to stop. So, um, I mean, it's, it's definitely frustrating. How difficult is it for all that work to, you know, sure it feels good behind the scenes and then to have the results not match up? I mean, that's the most frustrating part. Um, I tell you, I was playing catch today and, and felt something click, and I was like, oh, that felt really good. Um, I mean, it's easy to say it feels good when I'm playing catch at 75, 80%. Um, you had a slope and hitters and, and things like that. I mean, you, you, I can't get on the mound and start thinking about what I'm trying to do mechanically. I got to go out there and do my best to compete. Um, but it's definitely frustrating. So, like I said, we're going to keep working. Um, but a lot of this falls on me and just not being good. I know you weren't happy with location on the fastball, but um, the velo isn't back yet to where it was a year ago. How yep. much of a how much of a factor does that remain? Yeah, I mean, it's a lot easier to get swing and misses and bad contact on 97 than it is on 93, and then 97 allows the curveball to play that much more. Um, and I've always been a guy throughout my career. Command has kind of come and gone periodically, um, but I've always had stuff. I've always had the ability to go out there and if I got myself into the jam, I could kind of about stuff people and, and get out of it for the most part. Um, it, it's definitely frustrating. And I don't know that there's a rhyme or a reason, but like I said, we're going to continue to work. Um, the ball feels pretty good coming out of my hand. It's just not there yet. So listen, we got a lot of games left and, and, and this team is really good. So um, everybody in here believes in, in what we're doing and, and what we're going to accomplish at the end of the year. Um, but personally, I mean, I just, I got to pick my shit up. Physically, the arm feels fine. Yeah. Yep.